0: Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. We are now in our third week of our summers in the Psalm 119 series. But before we get started, let's talk about sharing this podcast with someone else. On whatever format that you listen to your podcast on, there should be a share button. Sometimes that looks like a little square with an arrow at the top. And all you have to do is click that button to pass this episode on to someone else who can be encouraged. So don't be worried if you've never done that before. Super easy, and we'd be happy to help
1: you. And we also want to just thank you for listening and being willing to share God's Word Gives Hope with others. All right, we're going to get started with this week's
0: verses. That's 17 through 24 of Psalm 119. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. So as we have done in the past, we share a little bit of psalm trivia before we get started. And did you know that the word selah appears 71 times throughout the psalms? The most recognized meaning of this word is actually forever. I've, I've not heard it described that way before, but that is actually the most accurate meaning. It is often interpreted as an instruction for calling for a break in the singing of the psalm, to pause to calmly think about what you've read. And this word really connects to what we've been studying in Psalm 119, that as we read the word, we need to pause and think or meditate on what we've read. So this week, our verses are under the heading of the third letter of the alphabet. So
1: Janae, what is that? The third letter of the Hebrew alphabet is gimel. Gimel sounds like a name for the Lord of the Rings, doesn't it? Gimel represents kindness and the story behind that comes from the shape of the letter. It is shaped like a camel. Camels in the ancient world were considered performers of kindness because camels would endure stress and the harsh conditions of the desert and they were able to take their travelers for long distances under those harsh conditions and to help those travelers survive their journey. David had many travels and in verse 19, David refers to himself as a sojourner. It is evident that he felt God's word was an act of kindness for God to give to us his word as a roadmap for our life.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, as we do normally, let's break this set of verses into some smaller pieces. So I will reread 17 through 19. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. And that deal bountifully with your servant, I just feel like that's that's David saying, God, please Bless me and work kindly with me. I just think about how even as parents, we're to deal bountifully with our kids. We're to, to lovingly direct and guide them, but in ways that are so good for them and so beneficial for them. And David just continues to want to live a life worth of God and wants to keep his word. And we all know that we cannot do that with God being an active part of our lives. And then it talks about, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. And it makes me think of the story in 2 Kings six seventeen, where Elisha's servant is nervous about what is going on, that they are surrounded, they're under attack, and Elisha prays that his servant's eyes would be opened. And when he opens his eyes, he sees God's army, chariots of fire, surrounding them And they are to fight on their behalf. So it's this idea of remove the veil or covering so that we have a real vision about what's going on around us and how God and his word enters into all of that. Mm, That's good. Janae also talks a lot more about this verse in the blog. And then David is just reminded once again, this world is not his home. He is a traveler and his true home is with the Lord. And we continue to return to this common refrain in the Psalms, this request for God's word to guide and that nothing get in the way of David pursuing the deepest longing of his heart.
1: Yeah, I love that. Well, let's continue with verses 20 through 24, and I'm going to reread it in the New Living Translation. I am always overwhelmed with a desire for your regulations. You rebuke the arrogant. Those who wander from your commands are cursed. Don't let them scorn and insult me, for I have obeyed your laws. Even princes sit and speak against me, but I will meditate on your decrees. Your laws please me, they give me wise advice. Well, there are a few things that jump out at me in these verses. And the first thing is, David says he is overwhelmed with a desire for God's word. The Hebrew word for overwhelmed is garas, and it means to be broken. Mm -hmm. Some translations say crushed with longing for God's word. As much as David wrote about God's word and his passion for it, I believe this is absolutely true for him. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking this is hard for us to wrap our minds around to have this kind of deep passion that you're so, you know, like to a point that you're crushed, you're broken, you're overwhelmed with the desire for his word. It reminds me of the passion that my good friend Christy has, who has been sober for many, many, many years. Mm. And she talks about the components that are essential in a recovering addict's life, that these components are their lifelines to them, not falling back into addiction. Mm. She considers God's word as one of those components for her. And I just see that type of passion in her life. She knows what it's like to have the addict's life before Christ and does not, by any means, ever want to go back. And that passion and desire towards God's Word as a way that will help her live a sober life. And I believe that's how David felt about God's Word. That's the passion he brought to it as he viewed the scriptures that would be key that are essential to keep him on that right path so that he didn't lead a destructive life well verses 22 and verses 23 what jumped out of me there is don't let them scorn and insult me for i have obeyed your laws even princes sit and speak against me And the CEV says it this way, don't let them sneer and insult me for following you. I think sometimes we throw a label on women as being gossipy. But here we see David experiencing others talking about him behind his back and probably not always behind his back, sometimes right to his face. I think most of us can connect with this idea, right, that we've had experiences with family members or friends or co-workers and even bosses or the leadership that is over us at work and what any of these people may have said in the past or sometimes we confabulate we think because we've had some hearsay and we're thinking that they're talking about us and we confabulate that into the way that they are thinking about us but any of these situations where people have said things about us it's just hurtful and it's hard. Do you connect to this?
0: You know, I do. And and having a daughter in middle school right now and thinking back to some of my years in grade school, um, I think as the adopted kid, I was kind of an easy target. And adoption maybe doesn't come up that often in friendship until someone really wants to hurt you mm-hmm. and knows that that's a really deep place that they can dig. And I remember receiving a letter from someone that we were in a fight and we were both hurting each other's feelings. Um, But she wrote in the letter, among other things, no wonder your mom threw you away. And again, she's just an angry little girl being as mean as she could think of. And it worked. But there's something about phrases like that that will stick with you. And so you talk about confabulating, you know, I'll take an issue or a situation or somebody seems like they don't like me and then sneaks in this little voice of, well, it's probably because nobody wanted you.
1: You know, I mean, it, it has a way of sticking. Right. I, I absolutely believe that Satan takes those damaging words and he tries to use them like seeds. And then he tries to, over time and over the years, grow them into our lives I think for me, some of the most painful and hurtful situations have been out of times where I felt like people have talked about me in such a way that I felt misunderstood or they have been more of a, a character assassination, if you will. I'm like, you know, if you knew me, that is not who I am. But what blows me away about these verses is how David handled these people talking about him and running him down. He says, even though princes sit and plotted against him. So this would be our bosses, like our leadership, the people in authority over us. Picture this, all the people at work, right? They're hanging out at the, the water cooler, and they know, and they're talking about you. Everyone knows. And what does David say he did? Well, obviously, he started a
0: really nasty rumor about them and circulated it through the office.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, he says he meditated on God's
0: word. Mm, I really... Would love for that to always be my split second first thought of going towards
1: right well it's a new one right go ahead sticks and stones may break my bones but i'm just gonna run to god's word and look at his truth and see what god says about me and i'm gonna think about how god sees me i mean that's really good solid stuff david's definitely on something
0: i wish i'd had the maturity as a child to have immediately put truth up
1: against that letter right Well, to wrap it all up in verse 24, it just basically conveys that David sees God's word as wise counsel. And I just want to offer a word of caution to people who discount or think God's word cannot speak to your current situation. Maybe you're one of those right now, you're like dealing with something and you're just not for sure how to go to God's word or that it would actually be relevant or say anything to your specific situation. God's word is relevant. It guides us it leads us. The Bible will provide wise counsel for you. I just think it goes back to David's prayer that was mentioned in verse 18. His prayer is all about asking God to open his eyes. And that is what I would encourage you to do. Ask God to open your eyes to show you where to go in God's word for counsel. And then ask God to just give you the wisdom you need for this situation.
0: Wow, Janae, I feel like you've given us so much to think about in these last few sentences. And now, in my mind, when the familiar refrain comes up, sticks and stones may break my bones, I'll always hear, but God's word is always healing. That's going to be how we're finishing it going forward. I like that. Now, friends, don't forget to hit that share button just to give that gift of hope by sharing this podcast with someone new. And now to close our time together, I'd like to read Psalm 146.8 over you. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Selah. The connecting doesn't have to stop here. We would love to have you join us at the God's Word Gives Hope blog to go deeper with the verse we discussed today. If you would like to learn more about life and leadership coaching with Janae, visit Janayshatleycamp.com. Finally, we would love a chance to talk with you more. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. All of these links are posted in the About Us on our podcast.